Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Look out. It's only films to be buried with. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with. My name is Brett Goldstein. I'm a comedian, an actor, a writer, a director, a pineapple and I love film. As Terry Pratchett once said, time is a drug, too much of it kills you. And sometimes it goes backwards, which is really quite confusing, like being on acid or something. I don't really understand, Tenet. Every week I invite a special guest over, I tell them they've died, then I get them to discuss their life through the films that meant the most to them. Previous guests include Sharon Stone, Kevin Smith, Jamila Jamil, Ricky Gervais, and even Ped Pambles. But this week, it's the incredible musician, superstar, Mr. Curtis Steigers. Oi, everyone. Oi, listen. Happy New Year. Yeah? Don't know when you listen to this, but it comes out New Year's Eve. Happy New Year. Have a lovely New Year. Hope you have a lovely year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Right, head over to the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein, where I think you get about 20, 25 minutes extra chat and questions and a secret that will blow your mind with Curtis Steigers. You also get the whole episode uncut, ad-free and as a video. Loads of stuff to see there. Check it out. Patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein. If you've not seen it yet, you can still watch the whole of season one of Ted Lasso on the Apple TV Plus app. You, I mean, you've got to watch it. Just if you haven't seen it yet, come on, get on with it. You'll love it, honestly. Uh, and the last thing to mention, I'm going to be doing a live episode of the podcast with Always Be Comedy, which is my favourite gig in London. We're doing an online episode for Always Be Comedy, with the host of Always Be Comedy, Mr. James Gill. We'll be doing that on the 13th of January. You can find tickets for that at alwaysbecomedy.com. So, Curtis Steigers. Curtis Steigers is an artist, a musician, a pop star, a jazz man, and a real class act. And I was delighted to record this with him. We did it over Zoom. He was awake at nine in the morning, dressed in a suit, looked incredibly smart. He's a very smart guy. I think you're going to love this. It was a joy to talk to him. So that is it for now. I very much hope you enjoy episode 128 of Films to be Buried with. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with. It is me, Brett Goldstein, and I am joined today by a jazz man, a singer, a saxophonist, a improviser, a multi-platinum recording artist, a 
Trailblazer. Trailblazer. A man with long hair, a man with shorter hair. A sex symbol? Sure. A DJ? A Patreon? And a living legend. Please welcome to the show the brilliant Mr. Curtis Steigers. Thank you. You met you left out a few things, but but that's cool, Brett. Thanks. I did I did my best. How was, are you? That was over the top. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm tired. Thank you. Um, it's a lot earlier here than it is where you are. Now tell us where you are and what time it is and what and why. I am at well, and and it's people are going to say, "Shut up, you prick!" But um, <laughs> it's it's actually nine o eight in the morning on Friday in Boise, Idaho, which is out in the northwest part of the states. You're a jazz man. Nine o nine o four. That's is crazy. I I had no idea jazz, there yeah. was a nine in the morning. I thought there yeah. was just the one at night. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That's mad. Uh, also, Boise, Idaho is um, my my co-writer on a show that I do, uh, Will Bridges. He uses Boise, Idaho whenever we write a script set in America and it's meant to be like, you know, Boise, Idaho. And I'm always right. like, where is right. that? And he goes, it's a thing. It's a thing. It's it's like a, yeah, it's it's like Swindon. You know, I, I can always get a laugh on stage <laughs> if I just drop the, the name Swindon. And, and uh, um, I don't know why, but... Uh, I, I sort of like Swindon. That's fantastic. Well, um, so we've never met before. We, we're meeting today. We connected on Twitter. My Little Twitter. Uh, maybe it annoys you to hear this. I don't know, but I think my mum has always oh. fancied you. Does that annoy you? I don't know. The mu- the you know, if if the world were made of your mum, I would be the king. <laughs> it's it's you know, I, I love your mum. I've always loved your mum. Actually, this is this is going to be a big episode for her and. Um, you, your music has always been around. You've always been. Uh, I, I've known about you for forever, and this is very exciting to to talk to you. But also, when we when we connected, you said, "Oh, I am friends with Nick Revel," which yes, blew indeed. my mind. Now, Nick Revel, if you don't know anyone listening, is a fantastic uh, UK stand-up who yeah. has sort of is kind of a legend on the circuit because he he was there at the very beginning. Then he left it for sort of 10 years and did TV work. And then he yeah. came back. But when he came back, he started from scratch. Like he's a real hero. I didn't use any contacts. Was like, no, I'm an open spot. I've got to build my way back up again. He's amazing. How do you know him? Well, I'm, I met Nick through a friend. Uh, actually, he's a film director, a guy called Michael Hoffman. Um, yeah. He, he, Michael, he made Soap Dish and The Last Station, about a million movies. And he happens to be from here, from Idaho. Uh, I know him as, you know, another artist to the world from from our little small corner. Um, and they went to uh, Oxford together, Oxford together. Oh, wow. So we met years ago, Nick and I, and he liked um, that we had cans of proper British ale in our, in our uh, you know, a hotel apartment sort of thing where we were staying when we were <laughs> playing uh, in Soho. And he thought, well, these guys aren't couldn't be as bad as as I thought they were and so uh, we've been pals ever since and I've seen I've seen Nick do his stand-up so many times and I, I he went through a period like you were saying where he mm. he was out doing six sets a night or four or five yeah. sets a night well I'm going to go here tonight and then I'm going to go there and there and there and I thought the same thing my god you know you could just be sort of resting on your laurels and yeah. saying that you you did tv and radio for a lot and and he's he's a he's an artist and now he's got all you know every year he does the edinburgh thing and, mm. and builds a, a, a sort of an absurd i mean his shows are are so mind-bending and ridiculous yeah. that's what it's like having a curry with him actually it's just sort of following <laughs> him, following him down a rabbit hole 
So you did you live in London for a long time? I've never lived there, but I've spent a lot of time um, over the years. I started playing. My first gig in London was in '92, and right. I've just made friends over the years. And I did spend, you know, I guess a couple of months there doing a, a really goofy TV show called Just the Two of Us. This was back in '07, I think '08, and it was kind of like Dancing with the Stars, only with singers. And so I was one of the, you know, I was one of the professionals and uh, uh, there were, you know, at this moment, I can't even remember, but, you know, the judges were Stuart Copeland from the police and, and uh, um, I mean, it, it was, it was goofy. And I sang with Penny Smith, who was the newsreader on Good Morning TV or GMTV, right. all that many years ago. And she's a terrible singer, but a <laughs> fabulous woman um, and hilarious. And so we basically just did uh, a comedy routine of it. I mean, she was like Lucille Ball and, you know, so I would yeah. sing whatever song it was. And then she would just be awful, but funny as hell. And we stayed on the show a lot longer than we should have anyway. So I was there for a while, um, which was nice. I love, and I also play at Ronnie Scott's twice a year. So I get to spend yeah, nice. a week being a Londoner and riding the tube. And, and uh, so I know it, I know it pretty well, actually. So you, when I was looking at, and I was looking at your discography and looking at all your stuff, you are, it seems to me, are you, you're like a proper artist, Nick Revel style, in that you could have gone one path, but you seem to have taken quite a few different paths. Seems like you're driven by the art of stuff. Is that true? I'm I'm driven by the need to shoot myself in the foot. Um, <laughs> That's another way of putting it. I, I hate my foot and I like to shoot it. Yeah, you know, I've been um, the bane of, of uh, publicists and, uh, and uh, record companies for years because I just, I do something and it's fun. You know, it was fun to have long hair and make a pop soul record that was, you know, right down the middle of the road and, um, you know, tour with Elton John and Eric Clapton and be on all the TV shows. And then I wanted to do something else. It was sort of like... I mean, it, it didn't help that everyone started calling me Michael Bolton Jr. I said, like, well, I got to get out of this. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to leave. Yeah. And uh, uh, so I, you know, I started making jazz records in 2000. I grew up playing jazz. I studied jazz in school all the way through school. I was a clarinet player, a saxophone player, and that led me to uh, jazz singing as well. And uh, um it seemed like the time to, to, to move away from trying to chase pop hits. Cause that was just brutal. You know, you put out an album yeah. and if it doesn't get on the radio in the first two weeks, it's a failure. Mm. Whereas when I make a record now, I mean, I'm still talking about the record I released, you know, in the middle of in, in March as my new album. And I'll do that for the next year. And especially because of the pandemic, I'll do mm. that for the next two years. And as long as I still talk about it, it's a success. <laughs> it doesn't matter that you know no, that no one's uh, added it to their radio playlist. It, so it's it's a lot more fun. And then I just make records that I I make the kind of records I want to make. I know you know I produce them. I pick the players. Whenever the record company says, "Hey, you ought to do this," I said, "Hey, it's going to cost this much to get mm -hmm. that person to work on it to do." And they say, "Yeah, go ahead and do what you're going to do." And the, so yeah, I mean, I I don't know. Also, the record business wasn't it wasn't staying up late worrying when my next record was going to come out anyway. You know, at that at a certain point, it was like, yeah, we we had a nice time. But I think, you know, mutually, <laughs> let's just call it quits. You know, you go back to your thing. I'll go back to mine. And uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, I, I have a lot of fun and I, and I make enough money as a touring artist to, you know, pay the mortgage and mm. keep my daughter in college. And, you know, I, I'll, I'll never have that big score, but uh, I'm having a ball.
And how 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 have you been coping without live performance, or have you been doing it? I have not been doing it. No, yeah. I'm. I'm. It's difficult for me to to not be making a living. I mean, it's 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 more the emotional part of it than than the. Uh, um, mm. I mean, I just I grew up, you know, with a single mom, not you know, not rich, poor. Right. <laughs> I grew up poor, a poor <laughs> child, and um, and so the idea of not making you know making an income. I've been doing it since I was 15 years old, making money, doing mm -hmm. my thing. And I'm not now I'm, I'm busy as hell, but I'm not out there. I miss playing live. I miss doing concerts. That's how I, you know, that's who I am. I'm, I like making records. I love being on a stage, telling stories and singing beautiful songs. And, and so that's been difficult. The thing that I don't miss at all is being on airplanes. Okay. It's been really I think I might've been built for a pandemic. <laughs> I might've been built. I'm pretty good at lockdown. I live in a nice house with a, with a yeah. big garden. And, you know, um, we even got heaters for the winter. We've got those, we've got a couple of those overhead oh, uh, great. propane heaters. So we can have people come over and sit 10 feet from us. Yeah. And we each have our heater and we, you know, drink gin and tonics and talk about how cold our feet are, and, but our heads are really hot. And uh, um, so it's, <laughs> it been, it's been, and I've, and I've got three dogs. And so I, I, I mean, the other night it was Thanksgiving and we, uh, we, I was standing outside around, you know, these actually my friends across the street with a burn barrel far enough away from each other. We're very, 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 very careful and, and neurotic, but, um, but we, each of us said what we were thankful for on Thanksgiving. We do that every year, usually around a table with Turkey and a bottle of wild Turkey. That's the, that's right. the conceit. And, uh, and I said that I was grateful for the numbing effects of alcohol and uh, and the companionship of dogs and that, that uh, that's really what's got me i i, I love my wife too and she's uh, sure. she she's gone a lot and so the dogs and i have really developed a, um, a close relationship <laughs> um she runs a homeless shelter so we oh, are yeah. in the middle of like we're in the middle of a, a like a crisis every yeah. single day here you know i mean she just the whole population of the shelter had to be tested last night including her so I, I've not been tested this whole time, but she's been tested maybe seven or eight times. What's happening with the shelter now? With the, it's the all of a sudden taken off. Um, she, they, her, she and her staff have done such an amazing job. They, you know, they provide every every um, guest with a mask. They went from one shelter to four shelters. They split wow. them up so that they had more room to to distance. And these people, you know, they sleep in in bunk beds so close to each other. Yeah. Um, and so they've had to, you know, they've figured out how to distance and it worked and it worked and it worked. But now, you know, America has just, is so Americans are just so broken and so stupid that we've, you know, mm. I mean, we have anti-mask protests here. I mean, it's just like, are you fucking kidding me? It's, 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 you can't argue with a virus, pal, yeah. but they do. And so, so we have, I mean, we, we had the highest number of deaths uh, yesterday mm. than we've had in, in the whole thing. It's just, it's mad. And, uh, and we've never really locked down and the governor, there are a lot of Republicans here. Um, right. Unfortunately, the, the city that I live in is, is liberal and, uh, but everything around is just wackadoos. And they followed this, this, this orange idiot down yeah. this path of of not uh, taking care of other people you know it's it's sort of like well i'm not gonna get it i don't worry well you, yeah. you sort of need to worry about everyone else you know it's called human compassion anyway i went off on a on a tangent there no 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 that's fascinating it's fascinating about your wife and and 
big, uh, big, uh, big respect. She's a she's she's a saint. She's just I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, that's sounds... every day. She just goes in in there and and uh, that's that's who she is and what she loves. I I just help raise money. We've raised funds for for this shelter for 14 years. And she's just been the she's really just been working there for about seven. When I when when we first started doing it, she she just uh, she was a marketing person. And we we decided right. to do it. A, a, we decided to create this thing it's long before we were married, long before we were romantic. We, What's the name of the shelter? Yes, this is good. It's called Interfaith Sanctuary Homeless Shelter. It's in Boise, Idaho. Interfaithsanctuary.org. And um, we're actually in the middle of our fundraising season. And I just yesterday finally put to bed or to death um, <laughs> that every year we do a, um, a two-night variety show at the biggest sort of cool old theater in town um and 20 acts i i i, I produce the show jody produces the fundraising my mm-hmm. wife jody and uh, i put 20 acts a night and it's you know singers and and actors and uh comedians and dancers and um and everybody does one song and if you hate what you're hearing then you're going to like the next singer the thing yeah. after that and and it's become this amazing tradition for people yeah. they they their, their kids come home early you know to to go to the show from you know from uh, from college or whatever just to just to have the family together for it and this year we can't do it because of covid mm-hmm. so we've we were going to do it as a an hour long sort of live uh, streamed event but a local TV show said, Hey, we want to do this or a local TV station. So we're doing it on the local ABC affiliate. Oh, and I produced an hour long TV show. Um, that's great. You know, like, okay, this is my new job. And I've gotten into because of COVID tell me when I should shut up, but I suppose this is what I'm, it's what okay. I'm here for. I've had, <laughs> I've, I've had a couple of these. Um, I've learned how to use iMovie. I've learned how to right, shoot yeah. my videos and, and how to hook my fancy recording uh, microphones into my camera systems. And I'm, I've been making videos since, since March. I mean, um, bad ones, some pretty good ones. And, and so it was, it was sort of, this was kind of the culmination of all that. And I, I had help from a, from a professional editor for the whole show, but as far as just putting it all together and putting my videos together, I did that all myself and, and it was really fun. It was terrifying. And then yeah. now the show is done and it's going to be, it'll be homely as you, as you call it. It's, <laughs> it's homey, it's homey and, and uh, in, in American terms and homely, which means ugly because it's not perfect, but we'll see, we'll see if we can usually be raised $250,000 every December for the shelter. Well, we'll if see. anyone listening would like to contribute, and I think you should, interfacesanctuary.org, help out, because is a saintly wife, Jodie. Thank you very much. Very kind of you, Brett. That's really great. Oh, Curtis. Yes. I've forgotten to tell you something. Oh. Is my chair squeaking too much? No, no, no. I should no. have said it. I should have said it oh. um, when we connected, actually. I should have. Oh, what? What? probably should have what? said it. Uh, I'm nervous. Sent, I'm nervous. When I sent a Zoom link, I should have said it. I should have said it off air. It's weird that I'm saying it on air, but I'll just, I'll just say Is it. Is this going to upset me? I don't know. Um, I'll say it. Uh, you've died. You've died. Oh, sorry. About does this that. does this have anything to do with that that drink I made last night? You tell me. How did you die? Oh. How did you die? Oh no, no, it was the. Um, you're right. What was it? I was. I, I, I'm. I'm a. I'm a mountain biker. I, I ride bikes, and I. I was okay. going a little too fast through the trees last yesterday afternoon. Oh shit! And I don't remember anything since then. I just remember smiling and having bugs in my teeth from going and then 
There was that tree. That's probably it. Damn. All right. Went well, straight into a tree, motorbiking. At least I finished. Mountain biking or motorbiking? M- mountain. Yeah. I don't, um, no, no, just pedaling and, and yeah, we have, we have mountains. So you were going pretty, pretty fast. I was going, it's, it's a fun, it's a fun thing to do. It was a fun thing to do. Maybe, do you think they'll have, I mean, wherever we are, do you think they'll have mountain biking here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they, don't the worry side. about that. What I want to know is, do you worry about death? I'm very, I'm a very worried, anxiety ridden person. So I, I guess I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, I, I do worry about, about death and about you know, germs. And I mean, this thing has been a little bit rough on me with it, oh, yeah. with the, the, just seeing someone in a mask sends me into a spiral and yeah. you can, you can imagine what going to the, the grocery store is like for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Have I, you always been this way or is this a, uh... well, I think when I was a kid, I didn't think about death at all, you know? Mm-hmm. And plus I, I do, I do, I enjoy gravity sports. I enjoyed, I, I'm a skier and I'm a, I'm a biker. And when I'm doing that, I'm not thinking, I'm going to die. I mean, I'm thinking maybe I'm going to fly over my bars and scrape up my whatever, but uh, yeah. um, probably, you know, a person could die doing what I do. And um, I don't, I guess I don't really think about it then. I'm, I tend to be, I'm just sort of a worrier. I just, I worry about stuff that I shouldn't worry about. This is getting, this is getting uncomfortable. I mean, should I, I'm sorry, will there that's... be a, will there be like a, will my insurance cover this? Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a, <laughs> There's a deep, there's a, a doctor comes on at the end of the podcast and sort of brings, talks you down. As long as they, as long as they prescribe me some good stuff, I'm fine. Oh yeah, they got the only the finest. What do you think happens when you die? If I may ask, if it doesn't make you too anxious, I have no no way of knowing. Have I? I mean, I I I'm you got no theories. I, I really ha- I haven't. I just think it's it's um you start theorizing about what happens after you die, and then suddenly you've got um, the Crusades. And I think that's a bad jump to make. I think there's a great song. Uh, I can't even think of the the singer um, because um, I need one more cup of tea, but um, she, uh, it, it's the song's called let the mystery be, you know, and it's some people think this, some people think that I choose just to let the mystery be. The mystery I grew up, be. you know, I grew up in, in, in going to church and believing. And then I got to a certain point where I realized that, they didn't really believe it any more than I was believing it, you know, and they also were oh, telling really? me this and they were telling me to stay away from girls and, and, you know, beer and pot. And I thought, well, that's bullshit, isn't it? That's not, <laughs> that's, that's not fun. So, so I did, I did. And it just the, the hypocrisy of Christianity in particular, but I, you know, I'm sure there's, there's hypocrisy in, in just about any religion at, at certain levels in certain people. Mm. It just, it just chased me away. So do you remember the age you were when you were like, Oh, I, I think this might be it's sort of mid teens. Yeah. Sort of okay. 15. Um, I hung in there for a while. I thought, I thought it was sort of interesting, but I, I, I think I always liked sci-fi and horror, but, uh, you know, books and things. Yeah. And so I, maybe, I just think maybe that was, uh, it was just like, wow, what a good story. There's like, you know, <laughs> walking on water. And, uh, anyway, yeah. um, I, I, so I, I don't know. Um, but I'm hoping, uh, there will be mountain bikes and, uh, and acoustic guitars to play to strum. Well, guess what? Mm. Guess what, Curtis? There is a what? heaven and uh, it is filled with mountain bike ranges mountain bikes it's got acoustic guitars you can pick one up anywhere you like this is live performances all sorts what there also is in this heaven yeah everyone's obsessed with films there obsessed mm. with them yeah 
That's Dunes, good. Motorbikes and jazz. Mountain bikes. Mountain bikes. I mean, motorbikes are fine. I'm not, you know, I'm not judging, but. Uh, You're not annoyed a couple of them are in heaven. No, that's, they, they, they actually cut the trails that I ride, you know, years right, right. before. And, and then they were, and then they were uh, uh, banned from them once, once. That's the, perfect. Uh, well, so w- w- what everyone in heaven wants to know is they want to know about your life through yeah. film. And the first thing they mm. ask you is what's the first film that you remember seeing Curtis Tigers? <sighs> I thought it might be Bambi or something like that. I mean, I do remember seeing Bambi and I I have a recollection, but I'm pretty sure it's just my mom telling me about it. You know, that, um, you know, I said, where's Bambi's mama? You know, really loudly as a, where's Bambi's mama? And I said it in a British accent, which is strange. Yeah, I don't know why yeah. I would have, but. <laughs> so traumatized. When I, when I thought about it, it, it really was, I mean, the, the strong memory I have is seeing Oliver with an with a um exclamation an mark. exclamation point right yeah. yeah Oliver Oliver um yeah and um that's what I remember and it was terrifying I must have been it came out in in sixty eight I mean I've done some research okay. um it came out in sixty eight so I probably saw it then or sixty nine so I was three or four years old and wow. I and the, you know it's a pretty edgy vehicle for a it's you know for a really kid. dark I remembered. Until doing my research, um, I remembered it ending with him being, you know, sort of snuck out of the, he finally gets to the good place and everything's yeah. white and clean and he's got all the food he wants. And then he gets kidnapped again yeah. and back into the life. And I remember that being the end, but it wasn't, uh, you know, it, it goes on and he does in fact get to go back to his uncle's, but it does end. And I remember this too of the artful dodger he was going to be a, a good lad and then he you know he's got somebody's wallet and they go yeah. off arm in arm he and fagan i think right so that's right. um but i do remember just being horrified and thinking that was the end so maybe i was so horrified that my mom took, took me out. out and i didn't you know and i so i didn't see and that was has always been the end for oliver was he was just fucked <laughs> <laughs> oliver wow. was fucked that's um, why you think you're 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 drawn to Bambi as well. You're like that's how all films end as a child. Everyone's it's, fucked. Oliver's kidnapped. Mum's dead. Everyone's <laughs> fucked. Mama's dead. It's uh, yeah. So that's that was my, the beginning of my love of cinema. My love affair with cinema. <laughs> that was the beginning of my death anxiety. Well, um, <laughs> and, and that too. I'm going to have to talk to my shrink about that. What are you an only child? Um, no, I've got a, I've got a younger brother, Jake. He's six okay. and a half years younger. So okay. I mean, so he wasn't- I, I was, you know, he's my brother, but I also kind of helped raise him. You know, I spent right. a lot of time just with a single mom. She was always at work, so I, you know, I realized that, you know, probably uh, in counseling and uh, yeah. years of therapy that yeah, I was sort of I've always been the one that sort of took care of things. That kind of then and that probably leads to my anxiety and, and sort of worrying, you yeah. know, just sort of like, well, I've got to look three steps down the road to make sure that this doesn't go wrong. That doesn't go wrong. If I may ask, and if this is too personal, don't answer it and we'll cut it. But is at what point was your mum a single mum in your life always? Um, no, no, I am. Um, she split with, um, with my, my dad. And there's mm-hmm. a story behind that as well. Um, between second and third grade year. So that's like sort of seven yeah, my brother was my brother was only one when when he left. So, so your brother just come in, okay? Yeah. So I guess I was seven or eight, and and then years later, I found out that in fact, mm-hmm. um, he wasn't 
my dad, just my brother's dad, and that my dad had died in Vietnam, which sort of just like pushed it under the rug for many more years. And about 10 years ago, I finally connected with my, my biological father. And now I have a, a, I have a relationship, a friendship with my, with my real dad, my stepdad that was my dad is, 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 has passed away. And I hadn't, you know, we'd, we'd kind of had a hard break many years ago. Um, so I hadn't, but, but I've got this whole new sort of part of my life that just came so out what, of what nowhere. happened to your dad who died in Vietnam that didn't die in Vietnam? No, he, he didn't die in Vietnam. He just, that was the story. Yeah. I think I've finally gotten to the bottom of it. And it's a long, it's a really good story that someday mm. I'm, you know, I'm going to at least do a, you know, an Edinburgh show. Do a musical, it's just, right? it's just, yeah, there's going to be songs. Consider yeah. yourself. <laughs> Uh, an orphan see i mean there's the orphan <laughs> thing i mean this is all this is all coming back you really should you should get accredited and, and maybe you know just start charging for this brett um but uh, um it, it's a great it's a really interesting story but she i truly believe she did think he had he had died in vietnam because she said that he was a drug she found out he was a drug dealer Right. I mean, the stories have evolved. It started out that he was my boyfriend in college and we were in love, but, um, you know, I found out he was a drug dealer, so I broke up with him. And then I heard later on that, and I never told him about you. I never told him that I was pregnant right. and he went off to Vietnam and died. It's like, oh, okay, well that, there. Um, well, it turned out that he, he, he did, uh, you know, he did get drafted, but he went to Washington DC and worked, you know, in, in, in a hospital and, okay. um, my final theory, uh, she finally said something about, well, this guy that wanted to go out with me, I think he was the one that told me that Dennis died. My, my father's name is Dennis Townsend. So some guy was trying to bang my mom. And so he told her that her ex-boyfriend had gone off to kind of, wow. or, or no, he told her, he told her that her boyfriend was a drug dealer and went off to, anyway, long, long yeah. twisted. I, I'm not sure that I'll ever know the truth. Um, but I do know that my dad does not remember that night because yeah. it was, it turns out just, you know, just a it was one just one, a oneer. <laughs> yes. It was a oneer <laughs> on it, in it. Big oneer, big oneer. Look where we are now. Look, I mean, without my mom's promiscuity, where would I be? God yeah. love my mom for running a little wild when she was young. That's very cool. Um, what's the film that scared you the most? Do you like being scared? I, I do. Like, I yeah. I do less so um, as I get older, but I loved scary movies. Uh, Alien scared the hell out of me. Alien, I really think, is a perfect film. It's yeah. just so because it was the we we were in that Star Wars mm-hmm. time. We were in that where where space and, and two thousand and one where space was super clean and everything was was like yeah. you know another world. And then suddenly you're on the Nostromo. I mean, I know this movie so well. I love this movie. <laughs> and it's like, you know, it's like a factory. It's like a, it's, it's, it's grimy and it's, it's greasy and it's, there's steam and there's, um, it's sort of rough. And, and even with the scene where John Hurt, where the, where the thing comes out of his chest, they're in like a cafeteria. It's just like, it could yeah. be in any, in any workplace. So it, there was that, it was just, it felt real. It felt like you could just be there. And then there's this, you know, it's a haunted house movie set on a spaceship basically. Yeah. Right. With yeah. an incredible cast. I mean, you know, again, um, John, John Hurt, right. Yeah. It's yeah. John Hurt. And, uh, um, 
Harry Dean Stanton. I always forget yeah. that Harry Dean Stanton was in it. And, um, and of course, Sigourney Weaver, who's smart and strong and cool and, um, and tough as hell. And she's in her panties and a little tank top at the end. So it was just, I mean, this was perfect for the, there whatever. There was nothing the four, wrong with this. There was, there was nothing wrong at all, especially as a 14 year old or a 13 year old, whatever yeah. I was, it was like, this is a great way to be scared. So. Yeah. Fucking great. Um, what's the film that made you cry the most? And are you a crier? Uh, to answer the second one, yes, I, I am. I, I mean, I, I annoy the hell out of my daughter. You know, I will. We'll be watching a, a movie together, a show together, and I'll, you know, I'll start. <laughs> and she's like, "Dad, it's a dog show for Christ's sake!" It's, <laughs> you know, this is not. I so I do uh, the movie that I, I, I probably couldn't see it again. But that killed me. It was is, is a movie called the the Sweet Hereafter? Did you ever see the Sweet Hereafter? Oh, the is it Anton Egoyan? Adam Adam Egoyan, yeah, About yeah. The bus crash with the kids on it, yeah, about Ian Holm. Yeah, it's it's and it was it was you know it's from a book. Um, what's his name? Uh, um, Russell Banks. Russell Banks wrote the book, and so and he based it on an actual occurrence. This actually happened. Bus goes off the road out onto a frozen lake accident you know just you know slid off the road and it and the scene of the thing going in you you relive it but it's it's just it was before i had a kid you know i've just got my daughter ruby it was before i i had that but it just it's the aftermath of it really the, the the movie is and about um about the lawyer that comes to town to try to get a settlement so that the company um, doesn't so it's um it's just so incredibly brutally heartbreaking and perfect it's a beautiful film i just i couldn't see it again especially having had a kid you know i just don't i don't know that i could take it i'd probably but i remember crying from you know the maybe the the 18th frame of the movie until (laughs) about two days later i mean it was just but i i couldn't recommend the film more highly as you know Mm. as awful as it sounds it is just it's a poem. It is a wow. perfect little piece of art um, and surprisingly entertaining. Ian Holm is also yeah. in that. He, he plays the lawyer and he, you know, he's the, he was the robot, you know, eventually the robot in, in Alien. In Alien. There's, a, there's an Ian Holm theme. We are all connected. What mm. is the film that people don't like? It's not critically acclaimed, but you love it. You don't give a shit what anyone says this was a harder one for me. And so I, I went toward a movie that I, I think is underrated. I'm a, I'm a huge Coen brothers fan. Yeah. I love every one of their films. Mm-hmm. Um, and they made a movie that I think maybe was, it was intended to be the big, you know, they were going to make their big jump and become, become super successful instead of just really, really successful. And they made a movie called Intolerable, Intolerable, oh, Intolerable Cruelty. Cruelty with uh, George Clooney and uh, Catherine, Catherine Zeta-Jones yeah. and uh, um, Billy Bob Thornton and one other big... Anyway, um, it's a great movie. It's sexy as hell. You want it, you're just... You just want them to fuck from the first moment. I hope I can say this on TV. Um, um, it's just like, please look at you two. Just do it. But um, and and it's twists and turns. It's a really smart, smart, funny, dark comedy. And it just you know sort of like oh, it's this is you know I don't know why. I think it's a brilliant movie. I think it's one of their best, and it doesn't get the the love that it should. That is a perfect answer to this question, and I think. 
I think one of the reasons that that doesn't get the... I think it was one of the few films they were brought on, they were directors for hire for. I think they did a rewrite on it. I think there was a director, director dropped out and they were brought in. So I think perhaps critics and people sort of think of it as beneath the Coen brothers because it wasn't their baby initially. Isn't that funny? But they make, I mean, it's so much a Coen brothers film. I mean, it's so, it just works like one of their films. It's a great shout. I might have to watch that again. Oh, it's great. I mean, Clooney is so, is so good. And he's so good at being, you know, incredibly successful and handsome and his whole thing. And then just getting knocked down to his knees. He's really, he's, he's, he's great at being a vulnerable yeah. movie star. You know, I, I, I like that. And, and, uh, and Catherine Zeta Jones, uh, you know, is a really a, a fine actress, a really good comedian. She was great in that. And she's fairly good looking. She's okay. <laughs> she's okay. <laughs> Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. (laughs) What's the... What's a film that you used to love, you loved it, but then you've watched it recently and you've gone, oh, I do not like this anymore? When I was young mm-hmm. uh, and and thought a lot of myself, I used to say that Blue Velvet, the David Lynch film, Blue Velvet was my favorite movie. Yes. And it was. Mm-hmm. It was my favorite movie. And then I saw it, you know, 10 years ago again. And I still think it's a brilliant film, and I totally get how it works. It's yeah. basically a dream. You know, I mean, all I think all of his movies or all yeah. the ones that I've seen are really just a dream. It's the kind of thing where you're going along like this and then it jumps over here and it's not linear and it doesn't it doesn't make sense, which is how a dream is. You know, you're mm-hmm. you're swimming in a pool and you're naked and you're embarrassed and you're at a party, and then suddenly you're in a classroom and you're you know doing something else, and that's mm-hmm. how his films are. Love his films. But it's not my favorite movie anymore. I mean, it's so incredibly brutal. And um, I guess I've just become a little sensitive in my old age. Everything about it is fantastic. Not my favorite movie anymore. It is just too, too brutal for for me. So I don't, and I just think it's a really bad, it, it doesn't, it, maybe it showed that I was kind of cool when I was 22 to say, yeah, Blue Velvet, man, that's the best movie. <laughs> but as a 55-year-old man, to say Blue Velvet is your favorite movie, it's like, I'm going to keep my kids away from you, that sort of a thing. <laughs> so. That is a really interesting answer. That's, that's, that's fair. What is the film that means the most to you? Not necessarily the film itself is any good, 
but because of the experience you had around seeing the film that will always make it special to you. This was a, this was one that I sort of bent a bit here. Um, this is one that I, I have a, maybe a surprise. Well, here's the deal. In 1993, early 93, I went with my, my manager, um, who's still a dear friend, not my manager anymore, but Winston and I took our wives to mm-hmm. see in the afternoon, which is something I don't, I don't often do. Um, we went to see the bodyguard. It yeah. had just come out in November of 92. And we went to see that movie in the afternoon with our wives because I had been, I had a song, I had a, a track on the soundtrack, oh, um, cool. which by the way, in the movie sounds like this. And that's it. It's, it's literally that long, maybe, maybe a second longer, but it, it's, it's coming. It's a, it's my song coming through the wall at, um, as Whitney Houston is sitting at a, right. at her um, at backstage in a green room. It's, it's like the song being played by the opening band in the club. You can't hear my, my voice at all. But is it on the CD? Is it on the, it's on the, it's on the That's fucking, fucking CD, huge. which sold 45 million copies. Wow which, you know, you'd think I'd be um, much wealthier than I am, but um, <laughs> because I was on the label that put the album out on Arista Records, they figured out a way to sort of, you know, uh, you know, with all the red tape. And, and so I'm, I'm still in a red position. I still owe Arista uh, Records money for my second album, which, which I worked on after that. And they just uh, kept making me re record it. I mean, this is one of the reasons that I, I was so happy to step away from, uh, from, from the, the pop business. So, um, so we went to that and um, every time Whitney Houston would sing a song in that movie, mm-hmm. my manager would lean over to me and say, cha-ching. <laughs> 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 and so that um that is my memory that's why it wasn't the movie necessarily it was yeah. being there with you know my manager and our wives and it just being this oh my god i'm in a big movie with yeah. with the guy with the bangs what's his name kevin uh kevin thingy Kirsten. anyway that's a, that's the right answer that's a great it was answer. great and it led to me being friends with um my hero nick lowe which that's a poster i brought i actually oh, brought yeah. him to boise when he was on tour and pro- promoted a show with, uh, of him years ago and that's the poster from it but i'm i'm friends with my huge hero nick lowe i mean i think he's one of the greatest songwriters in the world and i pr- because i recorded what's so funny about peace love and understanding yeah. for the bodyguard soundtrack his song he after he got like the second hundred thousand pound check in the mail or something i get this you know he called me out of the blue and said curtis thank you so much and he, he promised i'd never pay for another meal in london as long as i lived um, yeah, which was a lie but he did he bought a few he bought a few and, um, so anyway yeah it was um that was a fun afternoon uh, uh and, and funny as hell man that's very cool All right. that's cool man um what's the film that you most relate to it's a little corny that's okay it, it, it's more I approached this, I'm approaching this answer, this answer or this question from, um, from more how I, how I related to it then when I saw it, when I was almost 16, I had just started dating a girl who was two years older than me. She was a senior in high school and I was a sophomore and she was just lovely and uh, just the greatest. And she happened to be in the choir. And so she was really into music and she took me to see fame. 
the movie Fame. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, I still, if it's on, I'm going to watch it. It's, it's not a film. perfect. It, yeah. It's not, you know, it's corny and it has this, but it's also edgy as hell. And, it's and um, it's really dark. as soon as it started, I thought, well, I could, I could fit right in there. I could be there or I could be over there next to the, and I could be doing that. And I could, it, it, it's still, I mean, I get, I sort of get to, I, I didn't expect to get goosebumps saying that, uh-huh. but uh, it, it really, it moved me. It, it made me want to do that. And I was already doing that. I was already, yeah. you know, um, I'd been playing clarinet and drums for, and, and starting to really sing a lot by, by then, but I'd been doing that since I was a kid and I loved records, but it never sort of, it hadn't really occurred to me. Oh my, you know, I could do that. I could go so um, that means that that movie still means a lot to me, but it, it meant a hell of a lot to me at the time and uh, sort of changed my life. Wow. That's, that's something. Fame! So, sorry. It's okay. It's still in I, here. I, I almost, yeah, it's right here. Showbiz, baby. <laughs> well, um, Curtis Steigers, here we go. This, this mm. one's for... This one's for the ladies. What is the film? What's the sexiest film you've ever seen? Or the men? Yeah. The sexiest scene or scenes in a movie ever are from North by Northwest. Cary Grant and Eve Marie Saint on the train. Train carriage. Yeah. And it's, they're not, they're still dressed, you know, they're not, they're not fucking. But she, you know, they're going to later. And eventually the train does go into the tunnel. I mean, there is that famous, yeah. that's a famous yeah. Hitchcock. And it, the train goes into the tunnel and, and okay, we, we, they even knew what happened back then when, when the movie came out. But when, when Eve Marie Saint is talking in that incredibly soft voice and she's just so sexy and she's, sorry, this is, this is her hand on the back of his neck and he's got, this is why you know, except for those few short years that I had um, long hair, why now I always keep my hair very short in the back because there's nothing like a hand on the back of your neck. And in my case, my wife's hand. Um, But she's just doing that and she's kissing him and Jesus, it's steamy. Good God almighty. Yeah. I mean, that really, and I saw it when I was fairly young, probably, you know, in, in high school um, and even even then, you know, it's like it's an old movie. You're sort of you're sort of separate from it because it's from another era. They dress differently. But when Eve Marie Saint starts talking mm. soft and 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 seducing uh, Cary Grant, that's it's over. Whew. You are a classy motherfucker. That is a classy <laughs> answer. Are you, and also for those listening, I didn't mention this, but Curtis, it's, you know, nine in the morning, he's dressed in a suit. It doesn't look like he slept in it. It looks like he got up to <laughs> to put this on. <laughs> Uh, uh, thanks, thanks for saying that. I have uh, been saying I, I just when I've done anything during this pandemic, I have tried to put a jacket on, you know, very, very smart. Even when it's just audio and this is, you know, audio for most people, for your Patreon people, of course, it'll be a, it'll be on video. So this is especially for you, Patreon folks. Look at that. Um, his, but, um, his album, last album was called Gentleman. I mean, the guys. I, I do. My, I just want to. I just didn't want to stay in in sweatpants um, for the whole the whole lockdown. I want to. I just feel like yeah. I've got to get, get dressed. It. For those listening, I'm completely naked. Yes, you. You're very you're very here suit. That was that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. I. It's a little. It's kind of. Um. I don't know. It's it's intimidating how mm-hmm. how masculine you seem, and that's that. Mm-hmm. I didn't get a chance to to fanboy about about uh, your uh, about Ted Lasso. Yeah, that's how I I, I hadn't. I hadn't seen you. I hadn't discovered Brett, the Brett that is Brett until Ted Lasso. 
And mm-hmm. I just assumed you were going to be gruff and yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you're a really good actor. I mean, I know that you're, you're a stand up comedian writer, but you're a fucking great actor. And I oh, love that show. I mean, love the show. I, I, I just think I'm telling everybody about it. It's such a good show. And I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm screwing up your whole, uh, your whole flow here, but you can edit it out later. I really, it's, it's such an enjoyable show. I know that's staying in. <laughs> that's going in. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? That's good. I mean, I'm cutting the rest of it. That but it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's we could just talk about me for the rest. Uh, of no, it. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Yeah. So no, you do, but but about your you have a hairy, hairy chest, yeah, and I know yeah. that from the and and I you know I've got the I've got the one that just kind of pops out here, and and so listen. I, there's not you know it's uh since the the 1980s, I don't think anyone's seen body hair. Yeah, they, there's there, there's a lot of waxing and uh, it's a real shock to people. But I'm, you know, <laughs> you're you're an artist. You're you're going to put yourself out there. And shock, shock the. Uh... Speaking of traveling boners, uh, there's a subcategory to this traveling boners. There's a subcategory to the question, which is traveling boners, worrying why dons. Is there a film you found arousing that you weren't sure you should? I hadn't heard the term white ons until this uh, until this uh, well, experience and I'm it's one that I'm going to I'm going to save use every day. I'm going to use it I I'd say hourly really <laughs> to be honest. Um so I've I have a daughter she's almost 21 now Ruby is her name and mm. um she's 20 years old but she was a child at a, at one time and she Watch, I watched a lot of kids' movies for many years, and I'm sure this is where this leads a lot of the time is toward a, toward a kids' movie. Um, but oh, thank God this is where it's leading, because when you opened <laughs> with, with your daughter, I thought, fuck it, I'm regretting asking oh, this no. question. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> this, boy, yeah. Uh, oh, God. I, I okay, I thank God. Of, Continue. I didn't think about the fact that <laughs> might be construed that i was going you somewhere you should have opened with kids movies right <laughs> so anyway back to kids movies hey but um uh, uh there's a, there was a movie there is a movie as a um um a dreamworks movie called uh, um monsters versus aliens yes um, and it's about kind of mutants it's a mm-hmm. f- five or six cute fun hilarious mutants who save the world basically and there was there's a girl who I think it's on her wedding day. She is, so I think uh, maybe it's a meteor or some sort yeah. of sun ray or something, transforms her from Susan, um, this cute little um, blonde cartoon, into Ginormica, uh, a almost 50-foot woman. And not only is she really sexy and yeah. she's got tight little pants and she's a cartoon, but her name is Ginormica, for Christ's sake. <laughs> they named her Ginormica. What are you meant to do? You're helpless against that. I, this is not fair. This, yeah. is, this was just laid out there for me. So I'm sitting in a movie theater uh, next to my daughter and uh, my now ex-wife on the other side of her and just completely thinking, this is one hot cartoon, babe. <laughs> this is, I mean, she was so, and she's smart and she's funny and she... Mm. Uh, I mean, this there's. You can tell this is this yeah. is pathological. This is this is creepy. I really do have strong feelings for for Ginormica. Susan slash Ginormica. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm not apologizing for it. You should not apologize for the Ginormica in your pants. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. 
What is objectively, objectively the greatest film of all time? This is too hard. This is, I, I, you know, I, I listened to your uh, your episode with um, Patton Oswalt and he just mm-hmm. immediately went, boom, to, to Casablanca. Yeah. And I get it, you know, and frankly, I could have said that because it's maybe, it's maybe the movie that I've seen, the, the you know, or one of the movies that I've seen the most times. Yeah. I love the film. But then, you know, I think, but, but what about, what about Dr. Strangelove? I mean, perfect. And, and not one, not two, but three Peter Sellers. Yeah. Um, I mean, that is, uh, you know, so amazing. And, you know, I, I'm sure everybody says The Godfather, but those two movies, Godfather and Godfather 2, really, which are just one movie to me, I just would, I can't watch one without the other. And then I love Local Hero. I mean, Local Hero mm. is a perfect little film as well. Apocalypse Now was yeah. huge to me. That was the other movie that I said was my favorite movie for many, many years. Um, and maybe still is. I mean, I can watch, if, if Apocalypse Now is great. on, I just, I just, I'm done. You know, yeah. Martin Sheen saying, Charlie was in the jungle. You know, it's, it's it. So there, there are just too many. And I apologize for that. I, I think it's copping out. I agree. But I love movies too much to just pick one the same way i could never i'm afraid you're gonna to have to i'm gonna pick it for you <laughs> I'm gonna pick yeah. it from your list you're gonna have Go uh, dr strange love because no Bam. one said that and that's it oh good show. it is such a good movie and um i was so grateful to my daughter when i showed it to her and she loved it i just thought oh, all right brilliant. i did this right i raised this kid <laughs> right this this the last 15 years yeah were done worth it. correctly yeah now uh as a reward for watching Doctor Strange Love, let's put on Monsters vs. Aliens again. Ooh. Ooh. Ginomica. What's the film uh, that you could or have watched the most over and over again, other than Casablanca, maybe? Right, yeah. L.A. Confidential is oh, one of those movies that right. it's such, it's candy. You know, it's yeah. it's movie candy. It's Everybody in it is great. They look great. It 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 had the film noir thing mixed, but it's faster than a film noir. I, I mm-hmm. love I love that movie, and I've seen it a lot of times. And if it's on, there's no way I'm going to bed. You know, I mean, especially if I, if I've had a pint or two, then it's just mm-hmm. it's we're going to go to that very last scene when Guy Pierce is uh, is or no, it's not Guy Pierce. It's uh, the other one. Uh, can you can you help me with the name here? Uh, Russell no. Crowe. Russell Crowe is riding off into the in in the in the back of the cab with uh, um, help me with the name again Kim Basinger Alec, Kim Basinger thank you very much it's early um, yeah, well, it's, all, it's, it's ten now actually but yeah that's that's a great movie to just watch over and over again there are yeah. dozens of these though I mean I watched Willie Nelson's movie Honeysuckle Rose maybe twenty five times when I was a kid because when I was growing up we first got Showtime. We first got, you know, the sort of, we mm-hmm. got Showtime on cable. So it was, you could watch a movie over and over and over again when it was on. So I remember watching that. And I love, still to this day, I love Willie Nelson. I think he's one of the great iconic songwriters and artists of, of the 20th century and, and has a voice that is, I mean, he's like, his voice is like Humphrey Bogart's face, you know, it's like, yeah. it's not perfect and it's the greatest. So anyway, that's the other one I would right. say is Honey, Honeysuckle Rose by Willie Nelson, which is um, maybe n- a far inferior movie to... Uh, to what is uh, it? Is uh, it? I don't know that film. Is he... It's just, it's basically Willie Nelson. It's him, but he's got another name. And like the story of he, his life. Yeah, it, but not really. It's it's a fictional it's a fictional story about a guy who's exactly like Willie Nelson right, okay. out on the road, 
ends up um, having a, an affair with his best friend and long time, you know, long time like road manager's daughter, um, who is Amy Irving, um, oh, wow. who was delightful. <laughs> um, and she's, you know, this country girl talking like this, and she's a nice Jewish girl. Really, you know, it doesn't, it didn't really fit, but I didn't care because she was just so amazing. And she was Slim Pickens' daughter, the the, the friend. Um, wow. who, um, who, who's the father of, of Willie's, uh, anyway, it was Slim Pickens who rode the, the, the atomic, atomic bomb, bomb down to Russia and blew up the world at the end. Oh shit. That's a spoiler. Sorry oh, guys about Dr. Uh, Strangelove. Uh, um, so anyway, that, uh, but it's, yeah, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of great, uh, um, he sings on the road again, live on stage. It's just one of those, it's a, as far as being a musician and a songwriting fan, it's, it's it's really worth watching. Oh, cool, That's all. Man. Thank you. The end by Curtis. Thank you. Uh, we don't like to be too negative, so we'll do it quick. What's the worst film you ever saw? This is pretty funny because I I don't like saying that's the worst thing. As a matter of fact, I've actually called um, someone a cunt on Twitter for for saying worst band ever, Steely Dan. You mm. question mark? You know, and I I mean it was. I got so mad that I called him a cunt and got kicked off for a day or two. But um, um, I hate I hate the idea of yeah. the worst thing. It's like don't t- talk about the best. However, <laughs> having said that, having said that, um, and this is this is all about you. Uh, having you know, as I was preparing to be on yeah. your your fabulous podcast, mm. I did listen to that Patton Oswalt thing, and Patton Oswalt said his the best movie ever was murder on the Orient express. Yeah. Which I then watched because mm-hmm. Patton Oswalt said that. And because you had Patton Oswalt on your goddamn show. And that is such a bad movie. Yeah. <laughs> I am. I am so sorry. Oh, that is the is most. war between you I, and Patton. I, I know I I'm trying. You, you can tell I'm trying to regenerate my career by getting in some <laughs> sort of a battle with anyone who's, who's famous, but I was so, I mean, and my wife and I just kept looking at each other and just going, I mean, Ingrid Bergman won the Oscar for best um, supporting actress. And I love Ingrid Bergman with Mm. all my heart, soul and body. But she was just like, it's just so stilted and wooden and everyone has an accent that they did not have before. And and, um, Albert Finney, one of the greatest actors of all time. Is just his 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 French accent is so, or his Belgian accent is so bad, and his uh, anyway. I did not enjoy that movie. It's not the worst movie I ever made, but I thought it was kind of funny that I was forced to watch it by your goddamn podcast. This, I mean, this is the pull quote: "War, <laughs> war against Patton." <laughs> this is going to bring this is going to bring my career back, baby. <laughs> I'm going to be on the pop charts by, wow. by February. Pat, are you hearing this? Oh, I can't help. Oh, my God. I mean, John Gilgood, he, he might, I mean, he sold out a lot in his later, latter years, but this, no, sorry. Anyway, I, I could go on. <laughs> um, save it for Twitter. What is, <laughs> uh, what is, what's the fun, what's the film that made you laugh the most? Hands down, without a doubt, Best in Show, Christopher yep. Guest's yep. movie, Best in Show. It's a, it's a, it's one of his many mockumentaries, and it's um, got dogs in it, and you love dogs. 
I love dogs. Um, I didn't actually realize I loved dogs as much as I do when I saw the movie. It, it probably did influence me. But my God, I mean, the cast, every scene, I'm on the floor still. Every scene, everyone is so great. I mean, and I could just, you know, I could reel off the names, but it's just Christopher Guest is brilliant and his brilliance leans a lot on just knowing all the funniest people in, mm. in show business, the funniest actors and putting them there and saying, okay, what we have to do with this scene. Cause it's, you know, as you know, yeah. it's mostly, it's mostly ad libs that his, yeah. his stuff improvised. And so it's like, this is where we have to be at the end of this scene. Go. And when you've got, you know, who's in that, uh, um, BV, uh, I mean, Christopher Guest is in it. Michael McKean, um, uh, Fred Willard. I mean, Fred Willard, mm. the, you know, doing the uh, the commentary. It's just he's unbelievable. It's brilliant. Anyway, love that movie. Love all of Christopher Guest movies, and I love the sort of genesis of all of those, which is not a Christopher Guest movie. It's a Rob Reiner movie, Spinal Tap, which is the greatest. Maybe that's. Can we go back and say that that's the best movie ever yeah. made? Uh, okay. Yeah, you can actually. I'd I'd put that over. Okay. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. I think that it's that's and that you know was a Rob Reiner movie, but obviously Christopher Guest had a lot to do with with yeah. uh, it because he then made a career of making films like that. So there you go. I, go. I, I might go upstairs and watch that uh, after this. Okay, that will be a lovely day. You're um, upstairs, aren't you? You're in the top floor. I'm in the yeah. I'm in the basement. Uh, Curtis Dykers, you have been uh, wonderful. Thank you for doing this. Now, however, when you uh, you went uh, mountain biking just around the corner you were going through the local woods you were having a great old time you're going very fast you're very good at mountain biking very fast. oh yes incredible uh, and um <laughs> you were sort of daydreaming as you were doing it you started to think of something and you were slightly distracted and a tree branch uh, that was perfectly spiked was in front of you and you turned to look at it and it went straight through your heart and then wow. the speed you were going it went all the way through your heart the bike kept going your body was just <laughs> hanging and then because of your weight and what the the tree did you then split down the middle your body fell cut, your your head split in half and your body fell to the ground in so so it's not an so it's not going to be an open casket funeral <laughs> is what you're saying listen definitely not yeah. So I so I came along. I was like, I thought, where's Curtis Staggers? I thought he was going to be knocking around the place. Go for a walk in the woods. Ooh. I find you. What you mess. discovered me? It, what a mess! Jesus, it's a mess. And you're like you've things have grown on you. People, animals have been eating you. That's like it's a fucking mess. There's a lot yeah. more of you than I was expecting. I have a coffin with me, as I often do. Ah. But the coffin I brought was the size of you. I wasn't expecting all this extra stuff, all these branches and bits. That's, of wood. that's lucky, lucky. Yeah. Anyway, so I get that spike that killed you. I snap it off, and then I start carving you up with it just to make some room in the coffin. Carving up. I mean, most of you was already an absolute mess, but I got the anyway. Sure. Stuff all the bits of you into the coffin, <laughs> but there's more of you than I was expecting, and the coffin is absolutely jammed, packed, and. There's no room. There's no room in it. There's there's enough room for me to slide one DVD in the side for you to take to the other side. And on the other side, it's movie night every night. And one night, it's your movie night. What film right. are you taking to show everyone when it's Kurt Steiger's movie night in heaven? Well, 
it's going to be a bit of a cheat because it's a concert film, but it's more than that. Um, it was directed by Martin Scorsese. Then it counts. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's called The Last Waltz. And it is, yes. it is, a, is it a film? At least the, you know, basically it's the film of the final concert by the, my favorite rock band ever. My favorite band ever, the band, Robbie Robertson, Levon Helm, Rick Danko, Richard Manuel, and Garth Hudson. Uh, but it's a bunch of their friends as well, which includes, uh, uh, Joni Mitchell, whom I love, Neil Young, whom I love, Dr. John, whom I love, Van Morrison, whom I love, Bob Dylan, who doesn't love, uh, and on and on. It's it's Muddy Waters is in it. There, this is amazing live concert footage mixed with them chatting, especially Robbie and Levon talking about you know the early days of the band touring and the stories that they tell. And uh, it, it's it's a it's so amazing. I. Until recently, until it was harder to, until you didn't have VA, VA, VCRs. Through the time that you had VCRs, I would always have that playing in the, uh, whatever the, not the green room, but when, when I made albums at the studio, it would be in the kitchen or wherever we yeah. hung out in between takes. I would just have it on, on a loop. So we'd just go in and one time we'd be looking at, you know, Muddy Waters singing Manish Boy, or we'd be looking at uh, Dr. John singing Such a Night. Um, it's so good. And there's another section of that where they're on a soundstage. They recorded some things again. Um, they did the the weight, you know, take the load off and load on three. Mm -hmm. um, they did that with the, the staple singers and they did it on a soundstage after the, the concert, maybe because the version that they did in concert wasn't quite right. And it seems like they're dead. You know, we've, we've mm -hmm. come to this a lot. It seems like when you go to those sound and Emmy Lou Harris, the same thing, they do a song with her and it's, it's sort of, it's out of time completely. And it seems like not only did the band break up and stop touring and all of, and making records, but they, they died and they went to heaven and they, and they got to make music with, with Mavis Staples. So love that movie. Couldn't recommend it more. I might, after I watch local hero this afternoon, I might <laughs> go ahead and, and watch that as well. That is a very lovely answer that people in heaven are going to love it. It was a long answer too. I apologize for that. Before you go, um, give us one simple tip for singing for those people listening who uh, would like to learn how to sing. Um, learn how to breathe correctly. And I could teach you that, but it would take too long. It's all about breathing. I can sing because I was a clarinet player and I had a, I had a, um, a clarinet teacher who made me put my hand on his stomach while he played a note on a clarinet. And it was not pleasant. He didn't make me touch him anywhere else, but it okay. kind of had that feeling. I mean, mm. I'm, I'm still a little bit um, scarred by it, but you have to, you have to support your voice. So do that. Also um, beer, beer is really good for singing. Yeah. I've found, I've found okay. just having, <laughs> having I, I sing a lot better when I've had a drink. <laughs> Um, Curtis Staggs, is there anything you would like people to look out for, to watch for, to listen to before you go? Well, um, you could, um, well, there's the, we did the interfaithsanctuary.org. Yeah. There's, there, there will be a streaming concert. Um, so you, you can find that there. My website is curtisteigers.com. I'm on Patreon and, unless I can't figure out how to upload videos anymore, which I, I'm having trouble with. So I may just be not on Patreon. Um, but I've got a lot of things on Instagram. I've got a lot of little I've made little movies of part partial songs. I've mm -hmm. written these little songs as the Trump 
debacle has ended as the at right at the end of the um the thingy the uh, the, the the election okay. i started writing these little songs i would just sit down in front of the thing and just write it and i think those are pretty funny i think i'm not going to make any money off of those but i'm really proud of them which is All kind right. of the problem with my whole career guys <laughs> <laughs> tigers thank you very much for doing this i hope you have a lovely death uh good night thank you brett it's, um it was lovely to see you So that was episode 128. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein for the extra 25 minutes of chat, secrets of video with Curtis. Go to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating, if you will. And instead of writing about the show, write about the film that means the most to you and why. It's a very nice thing to read. does help numbers, and I really appreciate it. Thank you very much to Curtis for giving me his time. Thank you to Scroobius Pip and the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Buddy Peace for producing it. Thanks to Acast for hosting it. Thanks to Adam Richardson for the graphics and Lisa Layden for the photography. I've got to say this, right? Coming up in the next few weeks, I've recorded so many incredible guests. I'm not going to say who's up next or what order they will be coming out, but little heads up. Here's some, here's some treats for you. How's the, how's the name Julian Barrett sound? Yeah, you like that? What about Noel Clark? What? Yeah, yeah, I got him too. What about, um, oh, oh, no, I'll tell you what, the rest of the secrets. I've already, I've said too much. Matthew Crosby? Yeah, he's coming back. I've said too much. All right, that's it. So that is all I need to say for now, except to say thank you to everyone who has been listening to this podcast. I hope you have a lovely week and a brilliant new year. And please, now more than ever, be excellent to each other. Friends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.